Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. 
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I know, I know, I know. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I'm Block Talk Radio, broadcasting straight up out of uh, the city of Chicago. It's a beautiful day. It rained, uh, but the sun is out, and uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's 6.04 p.m. straight up. Chicago time, Central Standard Time, and uh, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. We're going to probably take up where we left off yesterday, talking about this flood. And uh, because the rescue efforts are still going on, people are still being uh, uh, rescued by helicopter, rescued by boat, uh, rescued by um, um, uh, first responders. Uh, and uh, it is still going on. I'm hearing that Houston, uh, they're out of the um, danger zone for more rain. They're out of it, you know, but the the devastation is still there. It will remain, and they're out of it, but um, this has been one massive event, and Trump, Donald Trump has taken advantage of it in every way. This guy is He's going out there acting and saying things as if he's uh, God and Savior, you know, I mean, as if he has uh, God-like powers, you know. This is Trump, you know. (laughs) This guy is full of it. Anyway, this is one of the most uh, extraordinary uh, flooding events that I've ever encountered. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can say that. And I'm older than Methuselah. And this is something massive. Um, yeah, there's, I, I'm hearing there are six people dead, including one police officer. This guy I'm hearing died trying to get out there where the uh, flooding was really the worst and try to save people. So he died being a hero. He died uh going to help people he died in the floods he was he was drowned he was he was overcome by the waters and um he'll always he'll be in our prayers his family because he was a hero he died doing what he uh loved doing in his heart and that was um trying to help others i mean there is no other way better way to go than trying to help other people you know and, uh, you know, he uh, gave his life uh, to save others. And, you know, you, you got to take your head off to this guy and applaud these, this guy. He was a police officer. And um, it's just sad. I'm, I'm overtaken with this myself, you know. So, um, and I'm hearing that a lot of the levees have broken or are about to bleed. That's more trouble. That's more devastation. Wow. Uh, as the floods intensifies in some areas of Texas, the floods intensifies, and uh, this is going to be going on for weeks, folks. These people are going to have to uh, homes away from their homes, and majority of these homes, I'm talking about homes. I'm not talking about apartments or tenement dwellings or anything. These are expensive homes out here in Texas that have been totally, totally destroyed. And the thing about it, 80% of these homeowners, they did not or do not have any kind of flood insurance. That means if they lost their home, they just lost their home. 
I don't believe uh, straight up, uh, I don't believe that homeowner's insurance by itself, you may have homeowner's insurance, but that's quite different from having flood insurance. Those are two different tomatoes <laughs> or apples or whatever you want to say. Anyway, uh, 80%, I'm hearing 80% of the people who have uh, lost their homes in this flood or their or their uh, homes have been tremendously damaged from all of this. Uh, they're just out in the woods. And then, then there are some people who are waiting to be, waiting for their insurance check from the last storm <laughs> that hit Texas. You know, that was years ago and they're still waiting for that. And, and we all know how insurance companies do not like to pay. Even with the 20% who have flood insurance, they're gonna have a hard time getting uh, a check from these insurance companies because they don't wanna pay. They really don't want to pay. A lot of times, the you, you, some of these insurance companies, if they pay out too many, too many claims, they themselves will be uh, out of business. But still, and all, it's the law, and they have to pay. But it's it's a shame that a lot of the people who have lost homes, who have lost their dwellings, uh, through no fault of their own, the only thing they didn't have home insurance, flood insurance. I'm sorry. Flood insurance, and that's just, you know, they're just out there. They have nothing now, you know, unless they can try to, uh, after the uh, water recedes all the way down, and um, they can try maybe later on and try to see what they can fix up in their homes, but it's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of money, a lot of effort, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of volunteers around who will help people get back up on their feet after the waters recede uh, a hell of a lot, you know, especially in Houston and some other places in Texas. Uh, right now I'm hearing that uh, the flood waters are trying to intense and the dams and the levees are breaking. That means nobody can go back to their homes right now because it's still an active, an active scene. So it's pretty, pretty nasty. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, awful in Texas. It, it's pretty uh, dim. It's, uh, I have nothing uh, to say positive. And, but I had a guest on the show yesterday, and he was saying that people in Texas should stay positive. Stay positive. Stay positive. That's the only thing you can do. Uh, and I can add this part. Um, uh, most of the people who lost their homes... I, you know, majority of them were young, and uh, uh, being young uh, like that will give them lots of time to rebuild and start their lives over again. Even, uh, you know, yeah, and that's what you do. You got to be persistent. You got to have drive. You got to have uh, a lot of ambition, ambition, and restart your life over again. You know, uh, either in Texas or someplace else. So this is not a time to feel, especially I'm talking, I'm talking about and I'm talking to people of Texas. This is no time to feel, you know, despondent, no time to give up, no time to say, well, I lost everything. What am I going to do? I don't know where to go. Nobody wants me. The shelters are overflowing, overflowing. Uh, you know, it, this is no time to feel depressed. There's no time. I mean, it's time to start rebuilding. It's time to start thinking about. How are you going to read a lot of the things that you've lost? 
some things you can never regain, like photographs of family and all that kind of thing. Um, but there's a lot of things you can. You can regain your sense of mind, your sense of thought, your sense of being. You know, I know it's tough. It's going to be rough. It's going to take some time, but it's not. It, but this is not a time to feel depressed or crying or because of, uh, you know, what happened. I mean, it, it, some people are crying and, you know, that's understandable, but you can't cry forever. You can't moan and groan forever about what you once had. You have to stop thinking about you're in a shelter, you're, you're in a park or wherever you are. Uh, you're on the streets, you're, you're in your car, you've lost your home, you lost your apartment, you've lost your dwelling or whatever. And the only thing you can start doing is start over from scratch, start from scratch, you know. Uh, be positive because if you're not positive, then you're not going to make it. If you're not positive, you have to be positive. You have to be positive. You're young. You're strong. You have talent. You can start over from scratch. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're talking about the floods in um, Texas. Yeah. And another thing I want to say about that, the dogs and the pets that some people leave behind or lose track of in Texas, uh, in these Texas floods, uh, Houston, um, a lot of, you, you see a lot of, uh, of pets and cats <laughs> being rescued, taken up by responders, taken into shelters and to safety. That's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing because people love pets. People love pets. I love pets. I've always have loved pets. And, uh, I agree with some people. Uh, you, you can have a pet and it, and it will be, it would become a part of your family. So uh, that's a good thing. And, and a lot of search and rescue is going on as I speak. And um, it's just, uh, it, it's just awful the way people are now packed into shelters. I mean, they're packed into emergency shelters, shelters that were thrown up overnight just for these people. And uh, again, I would like to say um, for those folks in those shelters and some of the folks who have been displaced by this hurricane or whatever it was, Storm or Harvey or whatever it was, um, to stay positive, stay strong. And if you didn't have any flood insurance, you've lost everything. There's no ifs and there's no better way of saying it. You've lost everything, but you're still young. You're still viable. You're young. You're healthy. You're strong. Start from scratch. Start over again. But you can't start over again if you're thinking negative, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling uh, worthless because you lost so much. You have to stay strong, keep a positive attitude, become more ambitious than ever, and gung-ho Go gung-ho, go punk wild over trying to restart and rebuild your life. That's it. You know, that's it. You can rebuild it in Texas or you can always, um, wherever place you want to rebuild your life. It doesn't have to be Texas. It doesn't have to be any parts of Texas because I'm hearing that Louisiana, right next door to Texas, 
that uh, Harvey, uh, the uh, storm is uh, setting to make landfall. This is this will be Harvey's third landfall. So Louisiana is in the eye of the storm. Houston, I'm hearing, is out of the eye of the storm. Okay, they're saying that Houston is okay, but Houston is still flooded and millions and millions of homes have been damaged. So, yeah, no more rain for Houston, I'm hearing. I'm just basically saying what I'm reporting. A lot of these people could be wrong, I don't know. But uh, I, hope, I hope I'm not giving out what they would call fake news. I'm not a news reporter, I'm just a radio show host. So uh, Harvey is setting to make landfall in Louisiana. So it's still not over and Louisiana is right next door to Texas. And yeah, and it's I want to mention again, 80% of the people who lost their homes in lost their homes in Texas, they don't have flood insurance. That's that's a you know, that's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. But like it just said, if you, like I just said, if you're young, you're strong, you're ambitious, you have no problem starting your life over again, starting from scratch. I know it's hard. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take years. It's going to take uh, as long as you uh, want as, until it, you get there. But you're going to have to put a lot of effort in it. And don't make anything, don't make it hard. Don't make it tedious. Don't make it, uh, you know, make it fun. He said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I lost my house. I lost my car. These floods. But I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to rebuild and be even better. That's the kind of attitude you have to have. You know, or or nothing is going to work. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. My guest today, do we have one? Yeah, we have, we have a guest. I'm not going to say this person's name, Hineka uh, Watkus Porter. That's that's the name of the guest. And now, if I I apologize if I uh, uh, didn't say it right or didn't pronounce it correctly. It's a uh, it's not a name that you see every day. But anyway, the last name is Porter. Hineka Watkus or Watkus Porter. All right. And we're going to be talking about more on the um, Texas floods. Not as much as we did yesterday, because I think I damn this been spend a whole hour and a half on talking about the floods. But I think it was warranted because, um, you know, this is this is this is our country. This is America. And those are our brothers and sisters in Texas. Doesn't matter what their nationality is or what color they are, their ethnicity. They are our brothers and sisters and we are here to help our brothers and sisters because if it was happening in Illinois, the folks from Texas would be right here in Chicago to help us or anywhere in the world. If it was going on in Los Angeles, we'd be in Los Angeles. If it was going on in New York, we'd be in New York. Texas is the, I believe is the, um, Houston, I believe is the fourth uh, largest city within the United States. So we have to be there to help. Okay. And uh, I want to say those, to those folks one more time, stay positive, be positive, and, and tell yourself 
you're going to rebuild. Things are going to be better than ever, you know. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Like I said, we have a guest today. Well, we'll see how that goes, you know. So, like I said before, uh, I'm dedicating most of this show, just like I did yesterday, to the flood victims in uh, Texas. All right, this nut, I call her a nut, Ann Coulter, uh, she's saying she blamed the hurricane in Texas on lesbian mayor before climate change. She's an, she's an idiot. Uh, she's a, a conservative GOP Republican idiot. Uh, uh, and I always said this about uh, Ann Coulter. Uh, she say, uh, just like a lot of uh, conservatives, they say a lot of dumb things, a lot of really, really dumb, stupid things just to get uh, some attention. And that's all she does. That's all Ann Coulter does. And, that's, and she does get publicity. Every time she says something dumb, stupid, uh, ignorant, something that's totally not true, something that's out of this world, she gets publicity. And like she's getting it now, you know, but but it just makes most of us uh, (laughs) cringe what she says. But we just she's just more stupider and more dumber and uh, probably a hater uh, to say things uh, so outrageous. She's crazy and Coulter. Now, if she ever want to be on this show, she would not. Nah, she could never be on this show. I would never have her on the show. I would never go after her to to be a guest on the show, and she could never come after me to want to be on the show because she's banned. She says some of the outrageous stuff, crazy stuff, stupid things. No, 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 no. This show is no uh, vehicle for someone like her. There is no hate on my show. No one comes on my show to sprout hate. Go somewhere else. Okay. Houston, I said this um, um, a few minutes ago. Houston, that this police officer died while trying to help flood victims. Yeah. Okay. So they have this photograph here. Uh, Houston police sergeant drowns trying to get to work during Hurricane Harvey. He was on his way to help others. Wow. Uh, and, as, and as I've said, Trump is, Trump is in Texas. To me, he's two or three days late, but he's in Texas. 
and he's acting like he's going to make everything all right for everybody. I mean, this is Trump. He, he's going to make everything all right. He can't do a damn thing. He runs his mouth, and he sounds like he's, the storm is going to, he, he sounds as if he's going to, going to shoot the storm or, or make the storm behave or whatever. I mean, he's just outrageous. This guy is, as I've said before, he's unfit to be president. He may get a bounce in his poll numbers out of this. He might. I don't know. But it, it, this is the Donald Trump show. That's all it is. And uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. He, he's, he's always having his wife with him. She's always there, but you never see them hold hands. She, she always looked as if she wished she was someplace else. If you ever notice Trump with his wife, then they are never holding hands. I mean, Michelle and oh, Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle, just, just about every time you've seen them together, they were holding hands. They were in, in each other's arms, but not Trump. And Malena, if that's her name, I get her name and, and uh, his daughter's name, Ivanka. I get them mixed up anyway. Trump and his wife, they seem like they're, they seem so distant. If you're looking at them, if you watch them, they, they're together, but you can see the distance between them. I guess that would uh, reflect the fact that she doesn't live at the White House and he does. It just feels like there is no love there. It feels like that she's just with him as a prop. That's what it seems like. It seems like that she's just with him as a prop. She's not with him as the love of his life. She is with him because he doesn't want to go to Texas alone. So he has to have somebody to go with him. So she agreed to go with him, even though, you know, I don't think there is no love. I, I just think she doesn't love him. Put it that way. I don't think she loves him. You know, I mean, if <laughs> if they should hear this broadcast, if she should hear it, I'm pretty sure she's going to say tomorrow, I love, I love Trump. But there is just, there is something wrong with the relationship. It, it, you can... You can observe it as you observe them walking together. They're never holding hands. You never see them talking together. You, you just see a distance between them, no matter how close they might be to each other. There is a distance between them. And I, I don't think I'm the only one who's, uh, who sees that in this president and his wife. And if you think about it, his wife, Melani, Melena, if that's her name, uh, she is nowhere like Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama was out there <laughs> when, she was, when she was first lady of, of the United States of America. She was out there. I mean, she was out there getting you to move, getting you to eat better, changing uh, your nutrition all in school and everywhere, getting you to exercise. And all this. What is this woman doing? I mean, what is President Trump the first lady doing now. She's just there as a trophy for Trump. That's all. She's a trophy for Trump. I don't think uh I don't think she loves him. I actually <laughs> America doesn't love him, you know. I, I I really don't think she she loves that man. You know, I mean she doesn't I mean if you can remember a few photos 
or videos that you've seen them walking together and he tries to hold her hand, she uh, either pushes, pushes it away or she refuses. Either way, she refuses, actually. But I just don't think there's any love between them. I think he probably loves her, but uh, she doesn't love him. And, and the only reason why uh, she's around she's around him because he probably gets on the phone and begs her, I, I got to be seen with somebody. I, I just have to be seen with you. Can you come? Can you come? I, you know, I have to go visit Texas. Can you come with me? You know, I, I just don't think there's any any love between them. Three four seven eight five seven one seven six two. The George Wilder Jr. Show. All right. The Houston flooding always hits poor, non-white neighborhood the hardest. Okay. Houston's flooding always hits poor. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, African Americans they get hit the worst. The poor people in Houston and in Texas, around Texas, they get hit. They get hit the worst. I mean, and they are, um, uh, they lose everything. But, but the majority of these people are young. They're vibrant. They're, uh, they should be ambitious. Um, they should have no problem getting back up on their feet. If they try, they have to try. You know, even it mean if me even if it means going back and getting a high school diploma, or getting your high school or getting your grade grade school diploma for that matter, you you <laughs> you have to do this. You know, because there's no doubt about it, the poor hit got hit the hardest in this flood, and I think homeowners they were hit hard too in this flood. Harvey Brace. Continental U.S. record for rainfall. Oh, we know that. I mean, we we need to to um, we don't need to hear that. We know that already. Joel Osteen. I mean, I used to watch this guy. I used to watch Joel Osteen when he used to come on television. He's a tele tele evangelist. Is that is that what you call him? And he used to be on TV every Sunday. I used to love to hear his uplifting messages. It didn't sound like a a a. a like that he was preaching it didn't sound like a godly message it he sounds more his talks are more motivational uplifting your life and stuff like that uh and sometimes i i used to years ago i used to love to watch the guy i thought he was authentic i thought he was genuine because he came across that way he wasn't like some television preachers or or pastors he wasn't he was just so uh as if he just experienced everything that he he was talking about uh when he came on stage at one of his mega churches so joel osteen i used to listen to the guy but lately i fell out of of uh, fellowship with this guy i mean i i i don't i'm thinking now that he's just another hack preacher uh, making money off the the cynical public the, the the gullible public you know he's a, he's a multimillionaire you know uh and uh most of that money he he made he made from his congregation duping them right to buy his books to come to his church make donations and now he's a multi multi-millionaire and it says here joel Osteen's mega church to open its doors to houston 
displaced after backlash. Yeah, it was a big, big uh, backlash against Joel Osteen because he did not open his church to a lot of the folks who were displaced in Houston. And that's where his church is based, you know, in Houston. And that's where he, he has made his most money. That's where he has become a millionaire. And suddenly uh, he opens his church after he gets a whipping on Twitter and Facebook. Now he opens his church and of course he's trying to say that he never thought never thought about no, opening opening his church to flood victims and we know better we know better um so now his church is open to flood victims victims who probably have bought his books uh uh set in his church gave donations and all that kind of thing uh, made him what he is you know, a multimillionaire, and there he sits not wanting to open his church to people who are suffering. The people he talks about every Sunday in his sermons, he refuses to open the door to let people in who have been devastated by this hurricane. But now it's open. And he's saying that he never thought that, okay, yeah, we know, we know. This is what people, this is what they do. This is what they do. Now he's got a backlash. This guy's got so much damn money. It's a shame. And he's, you know, he, he, uh, he has uh, uh, wreaked the rewards of, of, of the people of Texas. And then suddenly he refuses to open the door to his church, his mega church, you know. So. And now they're saying that 9,000 people are in shelters. 9,000. I would think there would be a lot more, but 9,000 should be. So therefore, the shelters are probably uh, filled to capacity. And they're, they're building, they're erecting shelters as I speak for people to uh, escape the flooding. So this is something else. This is something else. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio at 634. Uh, PM straight up Chicago time, folks, and um, we will be right back.
righty. <laughs> Judge dismisses Sarah Palin's lawsuit against the New York Times. Wow. I know she is really, really pissed off that she lost this because she hasn't been in the news lately. She hasn't been saying anything stupid lately, and she probably needs the money. And uh, she sued the New York Times, okay? Palin claimed the newspaper had defamed her in an editorial linking her to a 2011 mass shooting. Apparently, she didn't have enough proof. Apparently, she was, uh, it was nutty, and they threw it out. So she's not getting anything. She's probably lost more money <laughs> on bringing this thing to trial than um, she's earned. All right, it says, a lawsuit against the New York Times by former U.S. vice presidential candidate, yeah, Sarah Palin, who claimed that the newspaper had defamed her in an editorial linking her to a 2011 mass shooting, shooting was dismissed by a federal judge. Hmm. U.S. Okay, let's go on down. Negligence may be out, but defamation, uh, negligence may be, but not defam, defamation of a public figure. It plainly is not, the judge said. Okay, all right. Negligence, it may be, but defamation of a public figure, it plainly is not. Lawyers for Palin could not immediately be reached for a comment. Of course, they're not going to want to comment. They just lost. They lost a big, big case. I'm pretty sure they were suing for millions. Palin, the former Alaska governor, was Republican presidential candidate John McCain's running mate in an unsuccessful 2008 campaign sued the Times in June, seeking an excess. Okay, this is the amount of money, uh, $75,000 in damages. And if you know Sarah Palin, she needed the money. She always says she needs the money. Even when they were lampooning her on Saturday Night Live, she said she wanted some money. Said, if you're going to make fun of me, <laughs> and laugh about my problems, I should be paid. But however, she doesn't get paid. So uh, basically she's out of a job. She used to be governor of Alaska. She left that job, she quit. <laughs> uh, she ran against Barack Obama as vice president to John McCain. They lost, it was nasty, it was very nasty. Uh, so she lost this case that I'm uh, speaking of. And um, see, she's probably going to bring some other suits, too, because she's, she's in dire need of cash. She can always say something stupid in there, publish it, but uh, that won't get, any, get her any money. So her lawyers, they are just out of it, you know. And I'm not going to go into to it any further about the shootings and all this type of thing. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, folks, if you want to delve into that, it's online. It's on Huffington Post. I'm just going to say that uh, the judge dismisses her lawsuit against the New York Times, and I'm pretty sure she's pissed because a lot of these folks spent a lot of time suing this paper, this uh, institution, and came up with nothing. They came up with nothing. So there you go. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It's been great. It's been fun. I'm just... I'm still hoping that the victims of, of this hurricane in Texas, that these people um, stay positive, stay motivated, 
stay ambitious and start to rebuild their lives because that's what it's all about. Political commentator all right, Anna here is Anna Navarro, chairman of the American Conservative Union. Matt, what do you do about this? Nobody likes to see these types of numbers, Chris, but I think it's important. We're at a point in politics where yeah, I, I didn't get a copy of this poll, so I haven't read it thoroughly. But if you look at the numbers of Congress, they're abysmal. If you look at the fact that we... Ferguson to discuss this, and Errol, first to you. Political commentator Anna Navarro and Matt Schlapp, chairman of the American Conservative Union. Matt, what do you do about this? Nobody likes to see these types of numbers, Chris, but I think it's important. We're at a point in politics where yeah, I, I didn't get a copy of this poll, so I haven't read it thoroughly. But if you look at the numbers of Congress, they're abysmal. If you look at the fact that we just had six Republican senators switch their vote on Obamacare approval, um, there's, there's great concern out there amongst Democrats and Republicans. You have a lot of Democrats who are looking at this strategy of hashtag resistance, and they know that's not a good strategy. But if you're the president and you're looking at these numbers, you know that you've got to steady the ship on these messages that come out of the White House. And you have to make sure that you're pushing back on false stories about what their agenda is. And number one, you've got to get accomplishments through Congress. You've got to repeal Obamacare, and you've got to get a big tax package done. So how does the president lift his own credibility by uh, attacking the others, uh, the credibility of others, Anna? I don't think it's about attacking the credibility of others. I think it, it, the solution is very simple. Start telling the truth. Start telling the American people the truth taking your job seriously, stop making things up, stop exaggerating, stop outright lying, and then repeating it over and over and over again. And I think the people around him, instead of justifying it, instead of spinning it, instead of defending it, need to tell him, you are no longer the, uh, the, the host of The Apprentice. You're not a used car salesman. You are the president of the United States, and the American people deserve to have to believe you at some point. You, you know, look... Matt worked at the Bush White House. He was there during, 90, you know, we had 9-11, we had Katrina. In this country of 300-plus million people of 50 states, at some point, we're going to have a grave, natural, or man-made disaster. We need to believe our president when he stands behind that podium and speaks to us. And today, Donald Trump has no credibility because he's been president for 200 days, and he has lied practically every single one of those days. Matt Schlapp, do you think the president can change? Oh, well, I disagree with this whole premise uh, that he's not tr uh, truthful. I disagree with what Anna said there. I actually think we have a very polarized country. We are divided on almost every major issue. And there are people that really despise Donald Trump, that they hate him. And there are big sections of this country that are rooting for him. Let me tell you about the people who are rooting for him, Chris. They don't like everything about him. And they don't like politicians generally. And they don't like it when uh, things don't get done in Congress. And the president's going to, you know, bear some of the responsibility for that. But the part of Trump, uh, of President Trump, that great sections of this country do like is that he is authentic. He does tell you what he thinks. He doesn't, he doesn't put a fine polish on everything. He says it very bluntly. And but how do you like square that fight. with three out of four people thinking he's lying? Well, Chris, like I said, I haven't delved into your poll. I, all I will tell you is you've got to take some responsibility. Responsibility, all of us do on the coverage of this. When you call the president a liar, or other people do, for 200 days, 
which I think, even, even on climate change, to hear the coverage to say that people like me, who are skeptics over the idea that man is causing the globe to put itself in a position where it's so warm that uh, human life will not be able to be sustained. I'm a skeptic of that. I'm not a liar on You're that issue. You're also not a scientist. I'm a skeptic. And when you have 13 so agencies are. and scientists from no. the government saying something and they're worried Chris, about being suppressed, it's a credibility Chris, issue. I want you and that's to why know three that out of four people say they don't trust the it's, White House. It, it's wrong for people in the media to say that on issues of abortion, on climate change, on the on the on the how on is the abortion and, and climate change the same thing, Matt? It's about science, and guess what? You're wrong on the science. Many of you who uh, who believe that people on the pro-life side aren't looking at the science of it. Come on, the science is on my side on the unique. It's not about human science. It's about ethics, religion, child. and morality. No, is what, what abortion it is, is, is about. It's not about science. There's a political difference, and just because someone's on the other side. Please don't call him a liar. How I think can, that's who's not call, helping look, the country. See, has, this, hold on a second, Anna. Hold on a second. Because I get a lot of this. You like to throw a label on something you don't like. I get it. Politically persuasive. But it's also BS a lot of the time, Matt. I don't, Nobody's I don't know what making means. abortion about science. I've not, I haven't even bring abortion up the issue. Abortion is about science. You did. Abortion, the idea of when life begins... Guess it's what? Science. Nobody it's knows. Science. You can believe no, it begins at conception. Right. You can begin no. it believes 40 days after See, Chris, the way the Jews do. This is the you can believe in viability. There is no, an no, unknown component to it. That's no, not what not. the science is each, behind each climate change. Life, Matt, you, they're not the same thing. The science One at a time. One at a time. Please. Is unquestionable. And the question on climate change, actually, there's a great diversity on the science. And we, ha we do have political disagreements. But, but I think it's wrong in the when we call people who have a contrary position a liar, and that's what's dominating the right, coverage. That, Anna, that's that's a fair point. Anna, that just, Anna, that's a fair that point. That if you just get you disagree, you call someone a liar. I agree with Matt. D disagreement doesn't mean somebody's lying, somebody's telling the truth. But that's no, also no. not the case with a lot of these issues, especially when it comes to climate science. Listen, you know, um, Matt is very able, and we are now chasing this rabbit and talking about abortion and policy disagreements. This is not about policy disagreements. You don't call somebody a liar because they disagree with you on, you know, one policy issue or another. It's about the three to five million illegal immigrants he lied about. It's about the crowds of the inaugural he lied about. It's about I mean, no coverage of North Korea when it was being covered as he exactly. tweeted it. It's about the it's, birther it's, thing. Yeah, there's a pattern here, Matt, and you know it. It's not that I people disagree with his heartfelt beliefs about abortion or about climate you, science. Let me give some on this, okay? I think it's a very fair criticism. I think your question, the poll said that people are dubious about some of the things they hear coming out of the White House. It's a big, overwhelming number. I'll give you that's a, no, nothing anybody who works in a White House wants to see. And I think some of the communications chaos that has come out of the White House, White House over the last six months that was front and center with the White House press briefing, I don't think that helped things. And I think the president and his team have to be awfully careful with how they characterize things, because people are listening and people are watching. But I do think that we're in a big fight. We're in a big political care. fight in this country. There are divides. Anna and I are both Republicans. We have a strong disagreement on the Trump agenda. I'm totally for the President Trump and his agenda. I want it to pass. I think it's going to make America better. As we fight, Let's have a fair great, fight man. on a dis disagreement on the issues. I think President Obama was wrong on a lot of things. I think it was wrong for Loretta Lynch to use an alias in her email. I think that was duplicitous. Yeah, I just There's don't a lot see of that. Things I, I just
see the legitimacy of your premise. Nobody's coming at President Trump because Anna Navarro of what he believes about abortion. I don't even think we know for That's sure right. what he does believe about is abortion. It, it, That's not or what are, it is no, about no, climate people, science. It's about his ability to tell he, the truth about anything. You just said that the no, administration was that, going see, to One at a time, please. Something that is completely not about. You talk and talk and talk. You yeah. no, you've to tried to make this about abortion. You've tried to make it about science. That's not about what it is. It's about the fact that the president of the United States goes out and lies either by Twitter or in person daily. Last week he told us he had phone calls he did not have with people who did not call him on the phone, who he claimed told him things they did not tell him. That is a lie. Some of you may choose to believe alternate facts and live in an alternate universe. Some of I us don't. choose to believe in a factual universe let's just do this the one thing i would say is the following which is i think hold the president accountable hold the white house accountable i don't have any problem with that but let's be awfully careful when you throw around the word lie on all these positions that the president and the people who support give us an example taking. of the because president being called a liar where it's unfair matt i watched i listened to cnn on the drive-in chris mm -hmm. and i heard you characterize those folks that are critics on climate change as lying about the science. And I think you should take that back. I don't think that's accurate. There's a great diversity of views from scientists, true climatologists, not just people with PhDs who are liberal professors across this country or people embedded in the bureaucracy. We ought to have a real discussion on these things. Yes, I'm not a scientist and neither are you. Matt, it's just, but we ought to be it's careful just with throwing away the term. misleading. I'll say it again. That's okay? the same and thing as a lie. I'll say that it again. A, that's no, a synonym. What you're saying, no, 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 well, look, call it what you want. I, I see the definition as of lying as being pretty, uh, pretty plain. A factual inaccuracy done with intention to deceive. Okay? Right. That's the definition of a lie. It's a I good like one. I think you should own it. Here's the yes. deal with it. Okay? When it comes to how much temperature is changing, when will big shifts happen, that's going to be soft. They don't know. The predictions and, and the contentions vary. But you have, again, 13 government agencies, scientists from each and all, saying there are real problems in an absolute effect that is human-driven and it needs to be addressed. Right, but when you attack one... that premise with nothing other than your feelings about it, that you're skeptical, that starts to take you into the realm of gross... Please. I'm governed by emotions when it comes to these questions. But of you're policy. not a scientist. I neither are you, and you don't even understand what these scientists are saying. But that's why I don't debunk 90% no of the scientific community on the basis no, of how I feel about it, no, Matt. What you, can you just do me a favor? Are we, are we here not talking about Donald Trump being a liar well, look, being, it, it versus being just out of the Anna, same thing? Because Anna, it's, the Anna, president has had to own this want, kind of stuff, You want to Anna? make this all right. about abortion and about science because you cannot defend the fact that the president of the United States is a compulsive, pathetic, daily liar. You can't defend that. So Anna, you are you, making you, us chase you, you down Trump's this path of abortion syndrome. and of... And of you, no, you need no, to relax. No, you have... You have Trump Kool-Aid overdose is what you have. Is either so of those, are either of those based on science? For you oh. Because it gives you Are access. either of those maladies we, based on science? By the way, I just want to know. Is yeah, Trump right. derangement syndrome, no. is that scientific? Is the Kool-Aid thing science? But I, might, but I might need counseling after this session, I'll tell you that. Much. Look, Matt, I'll tell you what. I hear where you're coming from. Everybody on the panel. Call me a liar. Early in the I'm not calling you a liar. I've never, you are. I've never, I've I've never called you a liar. I'm no, saying... No, but I'm, just when I have a political disagreement with of somebody... Of course then it's not and, lying. And, and, and maybe some people are on the other side with me...
No, 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 Anna, it's a legitimate point. It, just because you disagree Chris, with something about somebody about doesn't mean somebody's huge, lying. No, but, but no, but well, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a huge list that gets published all the right. time by right. people who keep track of what Donald right. Trump says. Both are and true, who though. confirm that they are lies. That both are true. Both are true. Hold on a second, guys. Hold on a second, guys. The lists are so long that they take out an entire... Newspaper Anna, page. I know. We're not talking about I develop science. parts of the list. We report on the list. We do fact checks all the time. I get it. I'm just saying, Matt is making a valid point. Is it a little bit off point? Yes. But he's making the point uh, that just because you disagree doesn't mean that somebody's that a liar. Matt, you're I'm right not about Matt what a you're saying. Liar. I, I got you. <laughs> Matt is right about what he's saying about disagreement in general. Now, to Anna's point, that's not the specific context of our discussion. The president's credibility problem, I would suggest, there's certainly nothing in the poll that suggests otherwise, isn't that people feel that his well-reasoned positions are mendacious, you know, that he's lying about those things. That's not what it is. It's what Anna's talking about, that when he makes things up that work for him, it is transparent. And over time, it has eroded trust in him, even among his base. That's a real problem, and it's nothing to do with any specific okay. issue. Can I try an answer to this? Please, Matt. Okay, so my view is, is, is this, which is whether we call this fake news or I, as a conservative, I do believe there's a liberal slant to most national...
Mr. President. Senator from California. Senator Carper, it's interesting. You talked about Tanzania. Um, it reminds me of a, a greeting that I've um, often heard from people who live in various African countries. You've probably heard it. But when you meet someone for the first time, instead of what we would normally say, pleased to meet you, the greeting back is, I see you. I see you. And I think that really is part of our concern here. Do we see the people who will be impacted in the way that they are actually living their lives? And do we understand, if we see them, that this bill will not be in their best interests? And right now, for example, we know 13 senators, all Republicans are crafting a bill, and this bill would restructure our nation's entire health care system, which when you add up what Americans can spend on hospitals, doctors, prescription drugs, and all the rest, we understand that it makes up one-sixth of our economy. It would affect the lives of everyone, our parents, grandparents, those who are in need of caregiving, our children struggling with asthma, or opioid abuse, our spouses who may be battling cancer. And what is equally distressing is that this bill is being written in secret. The chairman of the Finance Committee says he has not seen the bill. The Secretary of Health and Human Services says he has not seen the bill. The American people, the people we all represent, have certainly not seen the bill. Well, I think the American people deserve better. This bill is being written entirely along partisan lines without any attempt to bring Democrats on board. And the American people deserve better. This bill is being written and rushed through the Senate with hardly any time to debate the cost or the details of this proposal. And the American people deserve better. Now I remember when our colleagues across the aisle said the Affordable Care Act was being rammed down the American people's throats in the middle of the night. Well, the ACA went, in fact, through 106 public hearings. It incorporated more than 170 Republican amendments. The whole process took an entire year. But this health care plan involves no hearings, no bill text, and no transparency at all. As United States Senators, we were sent here to represent the American people, represent the American people. We answer to the American people. So why are my colleagues from across the aisle trying to put one over on the American people? I've met folks all across California and this country, and they see what's happening. They know that if this bill were as wonderful as its proponents would like us to believe, it would be out in the open. The American people deserve greater transparency. But even though the authors of this proposal have tried to conceal the details of their plan, we know enough to know this bill would be nothing short of a disaster. We know because we've been told that it's about 80% the same as the bill that was passed by the House, a bill so catastrophic that even the President of the United States, who hailed its passage, now calls it, quote, mean. We know that it would throw 23 million Americans off their health insurance within a decade, including putting 4 to 5 million Californians at risk of losing coverage. We know it would raise costs for middle-class families and seniors. In every county of California, 
average monthly premium costs would go up while financial support to pay premiums would fall. We know it would put Americans with pre-existing conditions at risk and leave people who need maternity care or opioid treatment without coverage or force them to pay huge out-of-pocket costs. We know it would cut about $834 billion for Medicaid, which means less money for families to pay for nursing homes, to support children with special needs, or to treat substance abuse. <coughs> Bless you. And that is another reason we need the Affordable Care Act <laughs> to be in place in a way that we fix what's wrong, but we mend what's broken and not repeal it all together. I recently visited, Mr. President, a really remarkable treatment clinic in Los Angeles. It's called the Martin Luther King Jr. Outpatient Center. Everyone from the doctors to the patients can tell you that when 46,000 Californians excuse me, 4,600 Californians are dying every year from substance abuse and opioid overdoses. It is wrong and irrational to cut Medicaid. So it really makes you wonder, why would anyone support this bill? How does this bill help real people with real challenges? At a healthcare rally in Los Angeles back in January, I met a woman named Tanya. Before the ACA, She'd sign up for insurance just long enough to see a doctor. She'd then have a few tests done and fill a prescription. Then she would realize she couldn't, couldn't pay and couldn't afford to pay for the insurance beyond that. And she said it's, quote, the worst feeling in the world to have to tell your doctor who is trying to make you well that you cannot afford the treatment prescribed. Tanya told me, quote, before the Affordable Care Act, Living without health coverage was a nightmare in this country. But she went on to say that has all changed. And thanks to the ACA, I can now see a doctor when I need to, monitor my condition, and stay healthy so I can keep working and contribute to our nation's economy. If my colleagues in Congress, and she referred to them as if the Republicans in Congress repeal the law, I don't know what I will do. So I ask. How does the Republican health care plan help Tanya? Another woman, Krista, told me, quote, I am married with four children, none of whom, and one of whom is a 10-year-old type 1 diabetic. He requires daily active insulin management to stay alive, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She went on to say health care is not optional for us. Even with health insurance, diabetes management is the type of thing that can bankrupt you. With health insurance, I can't imagine what I would do. She went on to say, the ACA is a huge relief for my family. So I ask, how does this bill help Krista and her family? Then there's Rhett in Marin County. More than seven years ago, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Rhett is nine years old. He says, cancer cells are the bad guys. This is what he wrote me. For three and a half years, I took chemo to get the bad guys out. That was wrong. I had more that. than 1,000 doses of chemotherapy. My parents had to tell my sister that I might die of cancer. 
And then he went on to write, Thanks to my doctors and nurses, my family and friends, my church and my community, and the Affordable Care Act, now I'm, and then he writes, gone with the cancer. I have a pre-existing condition. Thanks to the Affordable Care Act, my parents don't have to worry about losing coverage. A nine-year-old Rhett is showing us the way. But how does this bill help Rhett? Now, I don't know the party affiliation of any of these folks. I don't know if they're Democrats. I don't know if they're Republicans. I don't know if they're independents. I don't know if they're members of the Green Party. I'm not asking them those questions. I'm asking them, how are you doing? What's helping you? What do you need? And how will this impact you? And I know that I'm just one of two senators that they have. And when it comes to their needs and their need to be represented in the United States Congress and their need to be heard and their need to be seen, party affiliation should not matter. What should matter are the needs of the American people. And regardless then of who they vote for in a partisan election, I am certain of this. This health care plan that is being proposed by my colleagues from across the aisle will not solve their problems. And it will only create, in fact, more problems and potentially devastate people's lives. So to my colleagues, I say, this shouldn't be a matter of supporting this bill automatically if you're a Republican or objecting just because you're a Democrat. This is about what's right and what's wrong. If you know this bill is bad, stand up and stop it. Speak that truth. Now is not the time to keep quiet and hope nobody notices. Forget the politics. Forget partisan pressure and talk radio and primary ads. Instead, just listen to the voices of the American people. Not just in California, but in Nevada, in Arizona, in Ohio, in Alaska, in Maine, in Pennsylvania, in West Virginia. Because they have made themselves overwhelmingly clear. Only 20% of Americans support this bill. A majority opposes it in every state in this country. It is the least popular piece of legislation in modern history. I'm asking you to think about the American people. I'm asking you to think about Tanya. Think about Krista. Think about Rhett living with leukemia since he was just two and a half years old, undergoing two and a half hour infusions every night with such incredible bravery. Let the determination of Americans like Rhett bring us together. A nine-year-old boy who tells us in his words, don't repeal the Affordable Care Act, improve it. Because we all agree the ACA can be improved. It must be improved. It isn't perfect. And I am ready to work with anyone who really wants to make it better. Instead of playing politics, instead of playing politics with public health, 
and people's lives, we can actually work together to strengthen our health care system. In fact, I'm proud to have recently co-sponsored a bill with Senator Dianne Feinstein and a number of my Democratic colleagues. Our bill would make it safer and easier for middle-class Americans to buy insurance if they currently don't qualify for any help paying their premiums. These are the kind of solutions Democrats can get behind. These are the kinds of solutions that would help and not hurt the people we represent. We took an oath to represent all the people. So I am asking every member of this chamber to think long and hard about the consequences of this bill. Think about the responsibility we've been entrusted with. We owe it to the American people to tell the truth. <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Five people confirmed dead, uh, six with a police officer uh, trying to make it to work. He was drowned in the Texas, Texas flood. There's a song called Texas Flood, isn't it? Uh, I think Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, anyway, we don't have time for that. I mean, this is devastating. And as I said earlier, 80% of the people do not have flood insurance. So those homes are completely lost. And if anybody, uh, everybody in Texas that's listening at the sound of my voice, stay positive. If you've been affected by this, stay positive. That's the only way you're going to make it out of this. Stay positive. Uh, it's easy to cry and moan. If you want to cry and moan, cry and moan. If you want to feel depressed, you want to feel depressed. But you're going to have to do it in a way where it doesn't interfere with you picking up your life, picking up the pieces and starting over with. Starting over again, sorry. Starting over again. Cry and moan once you get through crying, moaning, and feeling depressed. Get up off your butt and start rebuilding your life. Start rebuilding your life. You know, especially if you're young. Uh, I mean, if, even if you're a little bit older, uh, start rebuilding your life. You know, I mean, this is your life. Do not let some flood or some hurricane or uh, dictate your life for you. And Trump is out there. He's. I'm hearing that he's. Uh, he he is trying to. He's advertising his merchandise. Uh, the sale of his merchandise. I think it's on his lapel, on his jacket, or something. He's advertising. <laughs> Trump is always uh, trying to make money off of something. I mean, there's nothing he will not 
stoop low enough to try to make money off of. So if that's true, you know, it's it's pitiful. It, it's awful if that's true, that he's trying to make money off this flood by advertising his wares or whatever. And um, stay positive. Stay, stay, stay up. I mean, get back on your feet. It's going to take some time. Yeah, it's devastating to all of us, not only Texas, but the whole, but the entire, uh, but the entire United States, and um, people just gonna have to um, endure, you know, endure. And this, and I'm hearing Louisiana, Louisiana, yeah, is is the next to uh, fall victim to to this Hurricane Harvey, and let's hope not. Let, let's hope not. I mean, if if it does, I hope Louisiana prepares for this. And I hope a lot of people that do not have flood insurance finally try to get some. They might be denied because, you know, the insurance companies are, these type of insurance companies are very, very scrupulous. They're trying to make a buck too. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, but there's government help out there. That's hopefully, hopefully the government will um, get up off his ass and stop being mean and nasty and help some of these people within its own jurisdiction. You know, we are Americans. First and foremost, we help each other. We're there for each other. Even if some of them, some of these guys and girls in Congress, yeah, I'm, I, there, there's no doubt about it. There's some of these guys and girls in Congress that they don't want to give one cent to help these victims uh, of these type of disasters. You know, but once you know you you, you it, and they act they act as if they always wanted to help, right? Uh, when they never did. You got some people in Congress that don't give a damn about what's going on in Texas. Don't care. Don't want to give any kind of governmental help. They don't want to do it. But they're not going to tell you, come out and say that they don't want to do it because that that would mean the end of their political career. But in those back rooms, inside their minds or heads. You know, they don't really want to do it, but they, you know, they come out to the camera. They're going to say, yeah, we're going to try to help as best as we can. And they get behind closed doors and you really uh, see the real people behind closed doors. But I would think right now that America is going to bail out Houston and Louisiana or any other state that has uh, uh, devastation of this magnitude, of of this magnitude, this is historical. This is going to go down into in the uh, history books. Trump will too. <laughs> He's going to go down in the history books as one of the worst presidents we've ever had in the in the history of the world. But this is not about Trump. This is about the people of um, Louisiana and people of Texas. You know. And it's about helping them getting back up on their feet. It's about helping them to think positive, helping them to be positive, helping them to uh, say to themselves that they're not going to let this hurricane knock them off their feet. They're going to get up and they're going to make their lives even better, even better. You know, so and we always got to remind those people to think positive, to be positive to be ambitious. Every one of us, we have talent. I'm pretty sure a lot of those people who are displaced lost their apartments, their homes, 
Uh, a lot of those folks are talented. Use your talent to get back up on your feet, to use your talents to regain a lot of those things that you've lost. Be a better person, you know, and uh, make sure, <laughs> make sure if you uh, buy a home, if you own a home, if you're going back to fix up your home, make sure you get, and, it, and if you're going to stay in Texas or some of these border states, if you're going to stay or get yourself some flood insurance, along with house insurance, you never know when these deeds are going to happen and you're going to need these kinds of things. All right. Okay. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here on Block Talk Radio. Uh, follow me on Amazon. I'm a writer. I'm an author. So you can always look me up on, on that website. I'm working on some new material for, I don't know, for 2018 or 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 late 2017 it could be i don't know anyway i'm a writer and i love writing and i love uh interviewing or chatting with writers on the show that's always fun <laughs> that's always fun but right now i guess i have a, a one track mind and my one track mind is texas the people of of that state who have been sorely displaced and the shelters are just, um, whether you're opening up your furniture store uh, to flood victims or you're opening up your church or you're opening up your um, home to flood victims, uh, shelters are still uh, overpouring with um, with flood victims. I'm pretty sure some of the shelters have to turn people away. Not because they want to turn people away. They simply just do not have the room. They don't have the room. It's not, the, it's not as if they're being nasty uh, and turning away people. They simply don't have the room. And I want to say that uh, stay positive. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to positive a message because that's what you have to be, especially in predicament like this, this massive rain, this massive hurricane uh, that has displaced so many people. And a lot of those people, you have to stay positive. You have to tell yourself, I'm going to rebuild. This is not going to get me. This is not going to keep me down. I'm going to do better in my life. I'm going to do better. I'm going to have a much bigger home this time, a much bigger apartment. Uh, uh, I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, be a much better person, you know, and I'm going to be on top of things. I'm going to get flood insurance. I'm going to get apartment insurance. I'm going to get everything that I need. So when these type of things happen, especially if you move to states where these hurricanes and twisters and hard rains are prevalent, you're going to need things like that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. As I said, my heart goes out to all of those folks who have been displaced and lost everything. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And I always tell people, uh, if you have a home, uh, uh, a comfortable home that you're living in and that nothing's going around, nothing's going on in your city or your town, you should be blessed. You should be thankful. But if something was happening to you in your home, you know, hey, wow, we will be right there. 
to help you in any way we can with no cost. We'll just give our efforts in helping you. So, you know, so as I've said before, this could happen to anybody. This could be any one of us. It just so happens to be Texas. Who, we don't know who might be next, but America is there to help Americans. People helping people. This is not political. I'm pretty sure a lot of politics, a lot of politicians are going to try to make this political, and that's pathetic. That's just uh, downright pathetic for them to try to politicize this or try to get votes out of this. It's going to happen. This is what these people do, you know. Uh, the, but the bottom line is, stay positive. All of you folks in Texas who have been displaced, you've lost your home, you lost this, you lost everything, you're living in shelters, just people are still being rescued uh, from some of these homes and some of these places and from their cars, from the trucks or their vehicles, uh, they're still being rescued. Stay positive um, uh, and tell yourself that you're going to do better next time. You're going to work your way back up to even being a much better person having a much bigger house or a much better car. You know, you it, it, it's going to take some time. Uh, of course, everything is going to take some time. Nothing happens overnight, okay? So uh, don't sit around moaning and groaning and grieving and all of this kind of stuff, feeling sorry for yourself, uh, hating yourself, being depressed. That's not going to get it, okay? That's not going to get it. Tell yourself you're going to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. This is this this. Massive storm has only made you mad. It it has made you better. It has made it has made you a better person. You've learned something from this. Think positive. Be positive, and put all your effort into uh, building a better family, building a better house, being a better person. You know that's all it takes. That is all it takes. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We've been talking about the Texas floods. Um, but this is the second day that I've been talking about it. And uh, um, it, it's really something. It's really something. 80% of the people have no flood insurance. And you just feel so um, heartbroken that so many people are, are living in shelters and soon to be on the streets. And that's bad because shelters can only... Uh, so many people uh, they can only be open for so long and um, you know I'm just hoping Texas let people stay in shelters until they are on their feet do not let anybody uh, uh, throw anybody out of a shelter until they're on their feet and I'm hearing that a lot of food uh, is being delivered from these shelters, from all food, from being flown in and, and uh, railed in from all over America into these shelters. So people are, are uh, they're eating and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on. This is computer radio. Some people call it a podcast. I very seldom call this show a podcast. I say it's an internet radio show. One of Chicago's, um, uh, landmarks. I call it, I call it a landmark. It's a Chicago landmark. Some people say well, you got the best show in the city of Chicago, George, or in the world. Thank you very much. I don't know if other people will agree with that, but hey, wow, thank you anyway. You know, it's it's, it's nice uh, getting those kinds of things. 
And I'm just hearing in Chicago, the state of Illinois, that they passed a school funding bill. So our schools will open on time and they will not close uh, in the middle of the year. Uh, they will go on. So that's a good thing for the children. Uh, they, but, but property taxes has gone up. You can't escape this, you know. Property taxes have gone up on top of uh, other property taxes. I mean, it's just more expensive to live in Chicago because we have to support these schools some sort of way, and it's just tough living in the city of Chicago. It's 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 not tough living in the city of Chicago. It's tough trying to survive in the city of Chicago, especially when you're trying to uh, pay your mortgage or pay your rent or whatever, because things just keep going up. I mean, I mean, you need four jobs to, to actually make it uh, in, in some cases in the city of Chicago, because it's very, very expensive to live here. And it's, you know, it's ridiculously expensive, expensive. Some places is not expensive as expensive as Chicago is. And um, I just think things are going to get better down the road. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, but anyway, we have a, a, school funding bill. The kids are going to go to school. They're going to hopefully learn a lot and um, grow up to be president of the United States. Maybe. Heaven help the child Bombs begin to fall Heaven help the black man If he struggles one more day Heaven help the white man If he turns back away Heaven help the man Who kicks the man as a crawl Troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep 
hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. Follow me on Blog Talk Radio right here. Follow me all over the place. I'm everywhere. Bye-bye, everybody. Tune in tomorrow. Bye-bye.